takes the football. This is what the Baltimore Sports Report does. I'm TK, joined by Andrew Holly. Holly, how we doing? Doing well, man. Doing well. For those those at home, we had technical difficulties. We tried to record last night. Skype screwed us, but hey, we're back. We got to get rehyped now for the Justin Tucker fabulousness. 66 yards for the win against Detroit. Now, obviously, we wanted to maybe play a little bit better outside of the field goals, but, you know, hey, pretty exciting way to win a ball game. Yep, Justin Tucker loves Detroit. He, he has a good history there. Uh, like you mentioned, hit the 66-yarder, an NFL all-time record, game-winning kick as time expires. Ravens win 19-17, to uh, move to 2-1 and one on the season. And, uh, I mean, maybe not exactly the way we thought we were going to get to 2-1, and one, but, uh, you know, we're still here. So, uh, after our wins, we're going to keep our same format. Of course, we're going to hand out a game ball, uh, talk about our pop of the week, you know, go offense, defense, special teams through the whole gamut. And then we'll look forward to week four at the Denver Broncos, the undefeated Denver Broncos. And we'll put somebody on the bulletin board and reveal our crab cake of the week. So, Ravens offense, uh, kind of a mixed bag, uh, I'll say. A lot of good, a lot of good out of Lamar Jackson. I thought he, he throwing the ball, he looked awesome, you know, putting it exactly where he needed it. Uh, on the other end of those catches, or on the end of, other end of those passes, uh, maybe not the same fantastic performance. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when you start looking at the drops between Sammy Watkins and and our boy Hollywood Brown, it was, uh, I mean, the unrealized yards make you want to throw up. I mean, Lamar really should have had 100 yards passing just about, you know, if if indeed, you know, they had made those those catches. So that's that's a little frustrating to see. But that said, Lamar had one of his best games as a pro, throwing the football, reading the zone, looking comfortable in the pocket, making throws from the pocket. I mean, there was one particular play where it almost looks like uh, Villanueva is like in his lap when he throws. Mm -hmm. It's pretty unbelievable that he was able to to hit somebody on target with that. And I believe, was that even the touchdown throw to, uh, to Yeah, Duvernay? that was to Duvernay, yep. Um, but but anyhow, um, you know, just, just really nice, really nice uh, showing from Lamar. And it's going to be even more interesting to see how he continues to progress throwing the ball because big news today was that uh, our boy Rashad Bateman and uh, uh, also Miles Boykin were both <laughs> also. Uh, activated off of uh, – off of uh, IR. So that's kind of exciting. Both back to practice. Yeah. Yeah. Get those, get those guys back practicing. Uh, like you said, I mean, like statistically not like Lamar's greatest game, but you know, just if you watched, he was just on the money the whole game, you know, he had that one long run, um, you know, kind of, I guess got bottled up outside of that, but did what he needed to do to get wins. Of course that, uh, clutch fourth and 19, uh, throw and catch to Sammy Watkins at the end of the game to set up the field goal. Um, yeah, Lamar was awesome. I thought another big thing, a nice thing to see with, especially with Rashad Bateman coming back is the involvement from, uh, the guys a little bit further down the wide receiver depth chart. So it wasn't just locking onto, uh, Hollywood and Sammy Watkins and, you know, uh, Mark Andrews finally had a, a, his, you know, big game of, of the season. So hopefully he gets rolling, 
But the fact that Duvernay and Prochet got involved, the Prochet had a really nice catch on the sideline. Duvernay had the really nice touchdown catch. It, uh, it it's encouraging to see the ball get spread out like that because uh, the number of weapons is also uh, increasing. No doubt. I mean, it's fun to see that, and it's also really just overall, it's exciting. I'm sure this is going to be the kiss of death as I say this, but Sammy Watkins is delivering right now. Don't look, you know, he's not, I don't think we ever thought he was going to be our number one guy or, you know, a number one receiver, as it were. He's doing exactly what we need him to do. He is a veteran presence making really important catches for us. And that's exactly what really the Ravens have needed in a lot of respects. You know, that that Jimmy Smith, that, you know, Derek Mason, you know, that guy that's going to be there and be dependable as a wide receiver for Lamar. So now that we've got that along with somebody who hopefully will turn into more of a dependable receiver with with Hollywood Brown. I think that was just a a one. uh, I I think that'll just be a hiccup kind of a game for him, certainly. But then we've got like like we've said, Rashad Bateman now coming back too, and we could start cooking with gas here if uh, Lamar can continue to throw the ball like this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and there's no no guarantee that Bateman's back for Week Four, but you know it seems like he'll be back soon. Um, so yeah, very exciting. Uh, my guy Mark Andrews, I mentioned him once already, but finally got his big game. Uh, he was just too much for for the Lions to handle on his crossing routes up in the middle of the field. Um, you know, really aggressively blocking on Lamar's runs as well. So he's playing really good overall football uh, so far this year. And finally, it it shows in the in the box score. So that's really nice to see. Um, let's see the running game a little bit confusing here uh, because I thought that in week two against the Chiefs, Tyson Williams probably earned himself you know, that lead role, but didn't seem to go that way this time, you know, very few touches, very far in between. And it was actually Latavius Murray that leads the leads the team in carries. So uh, I guess leads the running backs in carries. So what do you what do we make of this? I mean, I'm not sure I love it, but. I'm not sure that I make anything of it. I'm not sure that I make anything of it right now. I think I think some of it was game plan. I think the Ravens looked at the Lions and not that they thought they were going to be bottled up running the ball as as much as they ended up being. I think that was somewhat of a surprise. But I think going into the game, certainly Detroit has a more stout front than they do backfield on defense. So that probably played a lot into the Ravens game plan of why Lamar was throwing the ball as much as he did and why he may have ended up with 400 plus yards throwing the ball. If Marquise Brown and Sammy Watkins had held on to those, those couple balls. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, so I, I'm not sure how much we can look at that and, and read too much into it. It was only a difference of two carries. So it's not like Latavius Murray had all these other carries you know, and, and, you know, you also look at it like Tyson Williams was also in on a lot more passing plays. I think he was probably in pass pro more than, than uh, Latavius Murray, but he also at least was targeted once in a pass play where Latavius Murray was not, whatever that means. So, I mean, I don't think we can really read much into it other than it wasn't, 
wasn't the game plan or we just weren't having a lot of success running the football for whatever reason, whether that was the right side getting beat up a bit. I mean, the carry was exposed, in my opinion, a little bit. Um, and, you know, they just decided to bottle us up. At some point, that's going to work. You know, I mean, just like the Chargers have shown us when we've played them at times. I mean, if you have the right game plan against the Ravens, you can beat us. But what we haven't had before are the aerial weapons for Lamar to be able to stay in the pocket and find the open man. Now we're starting to see that with guys like Sammy Watkins and the development of, of Marquise Brown. So that's that's the nice thing. And obviously we also had Mark Andrews coming back and, and playing a bigger role, uh, at least catching the ball than he had in the first two weeks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So let's let's talk a little bit about that offensive line. And, and you mentioned McCarry, and I think the right side in general probably struggled a little bit um, with, with that edge rush. McCarry, not nearly as good as he was uh, against the Chiefs. I think Zeitler was beat a few times as well. So, you know, you know, before our, our bad technical issues yesterday, we were talking a little bit about an acquisition or adding something to bolster this offensive line. So, I mean, is is that going to mean a trade? I mean, what, what do you think here? Does DeCosta try, mean, to, try to pull some strings? I think it would have to mean a trade, I, I would think. But, of course, there's also been some news now that's come out on Stanley. He, he's not going to have surgery. So it's a little bit, you know, it, it, we'll have to see what that really means. He could still continue to rehab, you know, for six weeks. You know, and I'm not sure that, that necessarily finding out he doesn't need surgery is a be-all, end-all. Um, I'm not sure we're going to be able to find anyone off the street that's going to, you know, there, there aren't any Bryant McKinney's out there that mm. we're suddenly going to sign and start at left tackle to and go win a Super Bowl. You know, I mean, it's just, that's not going to happen. Um, yeah, I, I think it's going to have to be a trade if we do it. I don't know who that guy is. You know, I think we were saying yesterday, you know, there are guys like Taylor Decker potentially out there, you know, or towards the end of their contract, you're not paying for the bonus. So maybe, you know, you can afford their salary under our very, very limited salary cap. Um it's it's going to be tough. To, you know, certainly the Ravens have the ammunition should they find the right guy. It's going to be the question between the cap and, and what they need. And, of course, whether uh, whether Stanley's coming back or not, whether they're going to actually pull the trigger. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to watch. Um, the cap certainly makes things a lot harder uh, to acquire somebody, but. Just the way that that things are looking is, you know, it, there's going to be some up and down to the offensive lines play in general. And, you know, it just doesn't at this time seem like a Super Bowl caliber offensive line. It, you know, he's no. You know, I mean, Bo- Bozeman has been fantastic at center. We have the rotation at left guard. You know, Zeitler has been you know, a little bit up and down at, at right guard. And, you know, Villanueva and, and McCarrier have had their struggles, but also their bright spots. They would have to really gel together very well um, for it to be a Super Bowl caliber offensive line, especially, you know, what we saw with the Chiefs and the Bucks last year. We we all thought that the, like, the, the key to that game was the Chiefs offensive line wasn't able to hold a, up against the pass rush uh, that, from the Bucks. And, you know, guess what? 
teams are going to try to do to us <laughs> in that, yep. you know, try to rush with four. And, and if they can get pressure with four, then it's it's going to it's going to spell trouble. Absolutely. And, you know, we can't we can't expect Lamar as exciting as he is running the football to be able to, you know, weave himself out of harm's way every other play like he seemingly had to do against the Raiders and, you know, any of the games where we have lost, it's because we haven't been able to protect the quarterback. And there's there, there really isn't a whole lot so far this season that's made me feel comfortable that, you know, this offensive line is going to be able to, to really hold up against stronger opponents. Right. And something else that's not going to hold up against stronger opponents is the lack of third down efficiency from the Ravens. They were one of 10 on third down. And really, that is, in most cases, not going to get it done. Uh, There was, you know, they had a lot of plays just kind of fall apart, you know, for. And that's where the offensive line just wasn't getting that push. Yeah. I mean, how many times did we need two or three yards and we just got stuffed in the backfield Mm -hmm. what have you and that's where you that's where you might want to start looking at the running backs and i'm not pointing at guys like murray and williams i'm thinking about Devontae freeman because outside of that first carry that was like oh my god you know he really hasn't done a whole lot that makes me too excited when he carries the football um you know we've got mccrary now back on the practice squad who showed us a lot in preseason just like tyson williams did in a lot of respects um, and obviously we still have Le'Veon Bell. And I think at some point we're probably going to see Freeman swapped out for one of those guys. Yeah. Uh, like you don't, you don't have to use Freeman. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. why not, why not run that with Williams or, or yeah. I, I, yeah. So maybe some, of I the don't really get choices. It yeah. Maybe, maybe some of the personnel choices I wasn't, uh, the biggest fan of, but, yeah, I mean, if you look at the third downs that the Ravens had, uh, you know, a lot of runs that were stopped short, and there were third and threes, third and third and achievables, I guess. You know, there weren't a ton of good way of really breaking. poor. Yeah, they like, were they, they were yards we expect the Ravens to get on third down and keep a drive going at at this point. Now, look, occasionally we will get stopped, and you go, "Oh, that sucks," but generally, you know, the Ravens will get those yards at least two or three times during the game, you know, two or three to four more times during the game than we did on Sunday. Right. So, yeah, those those third downs, of course, are going to be essential to, you know, not only continuing drives, but having those vintage Ravens drives that we look forward to in the second half, which actually the Lions ended up doing to us a couple of times with some long sustained drives. But um yeah, I mean, it's just got to get better. It's got to get cleaner up front. There's got to be more push on third down, especially if you're running the ball. And, um, you know, depending on depending on the field position, if you're running on third down, that probably means you're going for it on fourth down. But, you know, if you're going to do it, then then you need that push from the offensive line. The other part that's going to get help uh, there is the imminent return of Nick Boyle. Um, you know, so he, he's going to come back. He's going to make a big difference because – you know, as as I guess solid as Tomlinson has been, you know, he's no Nick Boyle. Um, you know, he's been fine. Uh, I think it's interesting. Was, you think he's solid. I I don't think much of him. I don't know. I he doesn't to me bring us that much, and I don't think he's that exciting of a blocker 
you know, at all. So yeah, Boyle can't come back soon enough. I mean, he's like another offensive lineman that can catch the football. Um, so we, we really need him back. Yeah, it's certainly, it's certainly a major upgrade. Um, but so that'll be nice, you know, getting getting Boyle back, getting Bateman back, and Boykin, who's also, mm-hmm. you know, as we've mentioned all yeah. the time, is a great blocker down the field. So, you know, getting those and special teams gonna, for that matter. Not yeah, that special teams have, have been help. a problem necessarily, but still. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any support that this roster can get, I mean, it's stretched thin enough, you know, with the injuries, forget COVID and all that stuff, but you know, stretched thin enough, you know, any any returning talent is going to be much much appreciated. Um, let's see. Is there anything else on the offensive side of the ball? I don't think so. I think for the discuss. most part, I think we've covered everything on offense. You know, let, let's just go ahead and switch over to defense. I think I think the big caveat about this defensive performance, while disappointing that they weren't able to totally dominate the Lions, I think in the end, this was a tired yeah, you know, especially that sure. front not having Matabike and not having uh, Houston and you know not having Brandon Williams. I mean, that's really gonna have an effect uh, on on the rest of that front. Not having that talent rotating in throughout the game, and I think we saw that especially towards the end. The Ravens are lucky they were able to pull out. The, the win because that if if they had lost the game it would have come down directly to the guys that missed the game on defense for COVID in my opinion it, it, it no ifs ands or buts they would have been the reason we lost the game you know yeah for sure because that front is so important because if you look at the way that they played the Chiefs like obviously a different strategy than they had or a different game plan than they had against the Lions but that front was so important and without that depth, you know, guys get tired, guys make mistakes. Um, you know, when you bring the blitz and, you know, credit to the Lions and Anthony Lynn for making the adjustment because they were shut down throughout the first half. But at halftime, they seemed to make the adjustment to get the ball out quickly, to get the ball to their running back and let uh, mm-hmm. DeAndre Swift make some plays. But, you know, there just wasn't that, you know, like, Justin Houston's edge savvy, you know, wasn't there. You know, we were missing that. We were missing, you know, I thought Calais Campbell was awesome uh, in the middle. But, you know, we missed Matabike also penetrating. We missed Brandon Williams, you know, taking up a few blockers. And so that certainly hurt. And, you know, I thought Broderick Washington was, was pretty good. I mean, that was, like, first time I, I – seen him extended playtime in in a regular season game but you know that's different than Brandon Williams and Justin yeah. Matabike you know so yeah it was definitely a tired defense I think they still struggled with with tackling you know particularly the linebackers and that's that's kind of an issue to me and, it, and it's gonna keep coming up it is. It is going to keep coming up now. It's been interesting since the game. Harbaugh has, of course, talked about the tackling. They apparently haven't been able to do as much um, tackling practice for whatever reason, I guess, because they, they had some short weeks and what have you with the the late games and all that other stuff. But, you know, I I know that today they apparently did some, you know, they laced up the pads and, and did, some, uh, did some tackling, I believe. So, 
you know that that's a good sign. I think it's going to get cleaned up, but something we definitely have to to be wary of as the season goes forward. Yeah, it it will, and and you know one of the, my main culprits for that, and is unfortunately somebody who was really high on was Patrick Queen. Um, just seems like he hasn't been able to put together four quarters of of good ball yet. I mean, well, he, I, I don't know was... that I would necessarily say that yet. I think. I'm sure if we look back, he's had some games where he's he's had a a full. I, I meant this. I meant this year. Oh, you like, just mean this year? Um, yeah, like Kansas yeah. City first half was bad, and then second half was better. Um, it was a little bit more up and down play. I thought he was actually he was pretty good against against the Raiders. But again, I in this game, say, I don't think he had a bad game against Oakland. Yeah, but. yeah, he was good. He was good week one. That, that's true. But this game, I just like. You know, we see the flash plays from him and Harrison. Um, I think, like, maybe I would take a little bit less of the flash in in take a little bit more consistency from those guys. Yeah, I, I can understand that. And I think, and I think that was probably the case as well uh, with the coaching staff because they did uh, bring Josh Bynes up to the fifty-three man roster. Uh, to kind of stabilize that position. He was getting a lot of snaps. I think Chris Board ended up getting quite a few snaps on defense as well. Um, So, you know, that linebacker spot is going to be interesting to watch. And I think this is kind of where you feel that loss of LJ Fort. And, um, you know, because, you know, he was so good in the open field. He was so good in coverage and and things like that. So, uh, you know, hopefully Bynes can once again bring stability to the group. But, you know, I, I... I do think it is up to Queen to kind of get a little bit more consistent and, um, you know, be a, be a stalwart in the middle. Yeah. It's time for him to, to, to continue to develop. Now, look, he's going to have his bad games. He's still only a second year player. You know, he and Lee Harrison are both very, still very young linebackers. So we've got to hope that they will continue to develop. They're going to be bad games. This was not his best game. Um, Hey, on to the next one. You know, it's it's time for him to chalk it up as a learning experience, and and uh, next time out, it's time to ball. Yeah, yeah, for sure. One of the things that the defense did very well, I thought, was uh, neutralize T.J. Hawkinson, who had had two big games uh, already this this season with both with touchdowns, but I think he ended up with two catches for you know very minimal yardage. So that was that was big, taking out their biggest weapon. Um, Your boy you Chuck know, Clark getting it done, my man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and uh, I'll mention him a little bit later too. But uh, yeah, like taking him out of the game was big. You know, DeAndre Swift ended up hurting the Ravens through the passing game, um, and he's a, I mean he's a good player. I really like the way he plays. He is um, a really good player, and Jamal Williams and, uh, is a house, dude. I'll tell you what, man, that guy yeah, that guy packs hard, a punch. Yeah. 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 Certainly. And, um, you know, not really a huge days out of uh, the wide receivers for the Lions. So I think I think overall, you know, not the worst effort by by the defense. I think they kind of had the cards stacked against them, like we said, with the fatigue and things like that. Would love to see them tackle a little bit better. But, you know, maybe that's also kind of a fatigue thing. But, uh, you know, well, 17 I mean, just points, to back up the fatigue thing, 17 points in the second half. I mean, right. if that's if that I mean we were up ten nothing at halftime, we very easily got tired. 
I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's that's the answer. It was the defense obviously got fatigued with their rotation, and you know, not having the players they should have had because of the COVID situation. And uh, you know, thankfully they were able to get out of it with a win in a miraculous yeah. fashion. Right. So, I mean, talk about complimentary football. If the offense makes a couple plays in which, like, they were probably expected to make, yep. all of a sudden that's like a 24-27-nothing game at halftime. Exactly. Right? And, you know, pressure's off the defense, and, you know, it's fine. Exactly. If you give up 17, it's all good. But, yeah. you know, they were put up put in a position in which they gave up three straight scoring drives, three long uh, scoring drives, uh, which, you know, certainly doesn't help that um, you know, ended up losing the time of possession battle that's so important to uh, to these Ravens teams. But, you know, like you said, miraculously, we got the win. And now I guess let's talk about the special teams and, and talk about Justin Tucker. Um, it's been his personal goal, like since he entered the league, to own the record for longest field goal made. And he finally got it. And I'm not sure I see who can break this i i don't know either i mean it's you've seen guys like matt crater i believe in denver in denver trying to hit Mm -hmm. you know so he's got that extra boost and i think it was a 67 yarder he tried maybe last year a couple seasons ago and and it didn't you know it didn't fall but i just it's gonna have to be the perfect storm certainly no one i don't Mm -hmm. see anyone else doing it to win a game in the final seconds in the fashion that the Ravens did, you know, and Tucker was able to win the game. I mean, that's just crazy. I mean, I, I really hope the Ravens really, you know, Cundiff aside and even Billy Cundiff had moments of greatness. I mean, I don't want to say like, you know, he was fantastic up until he wasn't, but you know, this team has been, completely blessed with the kicking game truly i mean between stover to you know i know there was a little bit of a a gap with a few guys and then kind of and then hey we we now have tucker but holy crap i mean tucker really truly may be the best kicker of all time and sure Vinatieri's had some great moments, and he's been put in some great positions to be able to make some kicks. But he's in a dome a lot of the time making those kicks. And, you know, I know that obviously Tucker kicked his, you know, 66-yarder in a dome. But that man is freaking amazing. I I don't know what else to say. It's really amazing. And kind of some of the technical adjustments he made. Uh, for that kick were really interesting to me. Uh, and, and it's been pointed out a few times, but, you know, just for the listeners who maybe haven't heard this yet, you know, he takes that extra step back mm-hmm. and, you know, it, relative to his normal field goal positioning, took an extra step back and he added a little hop in which he said, you know, is a little bit closer to his kickoff technique. And um, I thought that was really interesting because, you know, he probably knew that the Lions aren't going to come hard trying to block this thing. Yeah. Because if they get if they get a roughing the kicker penalty, then all of a sudden you're looking at 51 and 51 is a lot more doable. Sure. And, you know, 
right, then you don't have to worry about the clock or anything like that, untimed down, whatever, it's all good. Um, he takes that extra little hop and gets into his kickoff technique, and he was right that the that the Lions kind of held off a little bit, and, uh, you know, hits the top of the crossbar, and it bounces over, and, you know, I could not believe it. I was stunned, and it, it I mean, you know, it brought back flashbacks. I, I, I don't know who was that. Phil Dawson for the Browns. He hit, hit the hit yes. the upright, then the crossbar, and it rolled, yes. and, and it bounced Absolutely. over. Yeah. You know, when this one when this one bounced over and and went in, it was you know, truly unbelievable. And and last week we said, you know, Devin Duvernay catching that fumble and falling into the end zone is not something that happens to the Ravens all that often. And this week we get a 66-yarder sure. off the top That's of crazy. the crossbower bouncing in. It is crazy. That is absolute madness. You know, the team is going nuts. I think the outside linebackers coach blew his hamstring celebrating yeah, running onto the field. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, injury bugs coming off after the coaches too. So, um, I mean, what a moment. You know, it miss, misses that first field goal. And then more than more than redeems himself throughout the rest of the game and especially on that last kick. So, I mean, an all time Ravens, all time NFL moment there for Justin Tucker. And you got to love Sam Cook after the fact going way to do your job. Right. Right. Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, what, what what more could you expect out of Sam Cook? Absolutely. Yeah, man. Unbelievable stuff there. Uh the thing that we didn't mention, I guess, after the fourth, fourth and nineteen, is a uh, maybe a, a potential delay of game penalty. Oh, there that was. Should have been... The Ravens should have lost the game. I mean, let's be real. I, 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 I've heard a little bit more about it. I think today than I did yesterday when we had our our faux pod that that had uh, uh, had the technical difficulties. So I, you know, it's still out there a little bit. You know, they were at least asking Lamar about it. And he was like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, I, <laughs> all I know is we got the first down and then we kicked the field goal. So, I mean, right. well, yeah, what, else, what is keeping this on the Ravens side a little bit. They're trying to not talk about that narrative because they just want to say we won. So I, I, I think it was definitely a problem. I feel bad for the Lions that that happened. Of course, it's great that that happened for the Ravens. I mean, fantastic. And just like you said a moment ago, stuff like that doesn't typically happen to the Ravens. I don't feel <laughs> it like it just seems like so, it. I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah. We'll just have to see. Hopefully that's the harbinger of, of the kind of season we're going to have this year and, and end up maybe with the crazy Lombardi trophy. But you know, it's, uh, it, it's been a crazy three weeks. I'll tell you what, and uh, I guess we'll see what week four has in store with this on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So let's let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, actually, before we get to that, let's do game ball. Yeah. Who do you got? Oh, shoot. Yeah. Um, well, let's see here. I, I'm going to give uh, my game ball to, uh, well, I guess we had to give him Justin Tucker. I mean, I, I got to give him the game ball because, I mean, 66-yard field goal. It, the, to win the game, it's Justin Tucker is the game ball. Yeah, I mean— yeah, how do you not do that? I am going to go a different route. Uh, I'm glad you gave yours to Tucker. I'm going to give my game ball to Chuck Clark. 
I thought he was awesome throughout the game. I like it. Um, I like it. Yeah, you know, rushing Highest the passer. Raven, I believe, on a Pro Football Focus. Is that a is that a true story? I believe. Yeah, I mean, if it is, I mean, it I makes think sense so. because he. I mean, he was rushing the passer. He was in run support. He was in short coverage. He was in deep coverage. Uh, on T.J. Hawkinson, he did it all, and and it was the exact game in which they needed Chuck Clark to do it all. And he, he delivered. So, uh, he gets my game ball, um, pop of the week. It's gotta be Justin Tucker with that kick, it, either the kick or banging off the crossbar, either one, whichever pop you're interested in. Yeah, they're both, they're, they're both the pops of the week. It's, it's, it's one, one pop is the kick. The other's the bloop off the crossbar. Yep. Yeah. No doink here. Pops go in. Um, all right. So, Let's move on to week four. The Ravens travel to Denver to take on the undefeated Broncos led by Chetty Bridgewater. Um, it's going to be an interesting game. I, I you know, was looking into the Broncos a little bit. They also have their own rash of injuries. I think they're down like seven starters. Uh, they lost a couple interior linemen. Um but hey, I mean, AJ Hamler they, oh, just they, went on injured reserve. Hamler, yep. Um, Bradley Chubb injured reserve. Injured reserve. Bradley yeah, Chubb, the, the the defensive lineman, talented player, <laughs> is out. Um, but you know they're playing solid football despite all of that, and and they're going to be a tough opponent. Plus the of course the thin air, uh, which is no joke. I was in Denver earlier this summer. It is that is no joke. And, yeah, it really, uh, and, and that, it catches up to you quick, too. I mean, you'll oh, be walking yeah. around, and suddenly you'll just, oh, man. You know, and you just yeah. have to sit down for a minute. Yep, and that mile-high crowd is used to it, so, you know, they don't get tired. So, I mean, that is, like, a really legitimate home field advantage, and uh, it's going to be a tough one for the Ravens, I think. Well, you know, I we certainly have gone to Denver before and played well. Now, maybe not this exact mm-hmm. team. But, you know, I'm not terribly worried about home field advantage for the Broncos. Now, that said, I, I can't say I believe that the Ravens are a great road team this year. So just playing on the road in general certainly has me a little concerned because that, you know, as as we've seen, that's not where the, the Ravens really have played all that fantastically so far this season and small sample size, you know, of course. But uh, but yeah, that would be my my big bigger concern out of anything. So what are your uh, who who on the Broncos should we be uh, worried about here? Tell us about. So um, they do have another talented tight end. The Ravens have seen four already this year. We have Noah Fant for the Broncos, very athletic receiving uh, tight end. Um, he is going to be. A, a tough matchup again. I think the Ravens have, have managed to do pretty well, uh, you know, in the past few weeks, trying to limit tight ends. But um, he's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, former Raven Tim Patrick is playing good football outside for them at the wide receiver spot. And um, I, I know they have a slightly improved running game, uh, a underrated running game, but they have both of their uh, guards are questionable uh, for the game. So I'm uh, not sure about the running game. Teddy Bridgewater has been more than solid for them so far. Um, he is one of the highest rated passers when 
pressured. So mm-hmm. I'm very curious to see how this goes for uh, for for Wink Martindale again. I mean, does he employ a kind of more uh, Mahomes-ish approach in which we That'll don't blitz be like crazy? That'll be interesting to see. Yeah, that secondary yeah. blitz that, that we were doing or, or however they were secondary rush. Is that were delayed rush? I forget how they were describing. It, layered, layered, layered rush. rush. That's what it was. Layered rush. But so yeah, I have a feeling we're gonna probably see some of that. Um, but yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you what, Louisville fans are like going nuts right now with mm-hmm. uh, the the battle of the Cardinals between Bridgewater and Jackson. Um, it you know it's interesting when you compare their college numbers. I mean his and you know. Bridgewater and, and Lamar's numbers are right there passing. And then you add in Lamar's running numbers and you just go, holy crap. I mean, because Teddy didn't really run that much in college. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, it, it truly is amazing to realize how good really both of those guys were at Louisville. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Lamar's the Heisman and everything like that. Absolutely. Um, two other guys to watch out for on offense Cortland Sutton has caught fire a little bit you know one of one of Bridgewater's uh, favorite targets and then I mentioned that running game Melvin Gordon the third um, maybe not in his absolute prime but still playing some good football and backup center if you remember one of our favorite favorite draft prospects this year is the Broncos backup center who might end up playing guard due to injury is our good friend Quinn Miners. And uh, that'll be very interesting to see if we get you know, him I, and funny, see I'm how he looks. At some of these other guys, I feel like Lord Lloyd Cushenberry third, their starting center as another player I've looked at previously, mm-hmm. you know, when looking at centers and things. It is fun looking, thinking about that stuff as you, you look at some of these players moving on down the line. I mean, I don't look, let's look at their defense. I mean, they've got Kyle Fuller, Kareem Jackson. I mean, they've got some, Von Miller obviously is still on the team. So they've got some interesting players on defense. And of course they've got their uh, defensive minded coach. So in Vic Fangio. So I, you know, this is going to be an interesting matchup uh, for the Ravens. It's probably a little bit closer than we want to think it is. I think as Ravens fans, just when you think about how depleted the Ravens are, the showing that they've had on the road the last few weeks. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a lot closer game than, than I probably thought coming into the season. This is going to be a good one. And and one more we got to mention on that defense is Patrick Sertan, the second, oh, uh, yeah. their first round draft pick. Um, he's a beast. Uh, so he'll, he'll be a little tough, but I think in our season preview episode, I had the Ravens losing this game, and I'm not I'm not sure that I am am gonna back off of that. I think, um, you know, I am gonna back off. I think the Ravens win this game. I I don't I don't really know why. Um, I think not having to deal with Bradley Chubb will be nice. I think a few injuries on the offensive line will probably make things tough for the Broncos to run the way they want. And um, maybe some clever uh, pressure schemes from, from uh, Wink Martindale will make things weird for Teddy Bridgewater. But uh, you know, if Tucker's going to break his own NFL record, 
it's going to be this week in Denver. Yeah, that's a good point. That is a <laughs> very good point. Um, this would be the, a, a fantastic follow-up. Just get to 70. You know, just, just put it away. Right. You know, right. get it right. to where nobody but, can, can ever match it again. You know, um, but, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. You know, I, do we want to go ahead and, and give our predictions now? I mean, I, I think I'm, 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 I'm ready. Well, to... well, we well, have, we have a couple segments left. Uh, we got to okay. do our, we got to put somebody on the bulletin board. Well, that's true. And, and we got to give our crab take of the week. Getting ahead of ourselves here. Get or myself here. Get, yeah. I got, got so, so, very excited. I'll, I got excited too. I started talking about it, but yeah, go ahead. So, so who are we giving some bulletin board material this week? You know, I, I've got to give it to our offensive line. I mean, we've got to play better. They've got to step back up. I know that it, it's asking a lot of the offensive line to do that. We're down, you know, uh, Ronnie Stanley, we're playing a guard at right tackle, but it was not, not a good performance last week. They really need to to step up and show that Kansas City wasn't just the 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 kind of fun wrinkle game where they they kind of surprised Kansas City with some of the things they were doing with McCarry at right tackle, and then just got exposed against the Lions. So hopefully, uh, hopefully they can turn it around and play well against the Broncos because the Broncos are a team that you figure would have a good defensive scheme against the Ravens. Whether or not they'll be able to dominate the Ravens is another uh, another story we'll have to see. But you'd think that Vic Fangio would be a guy that would be able to scheme against the Ravens and scheme against that offensive line to create some mismatches. So it's going to be, I, I think, a big test for that that right side and and really for the whole offensive line. Yeah, I mean, if Von Miller lines up over there, uh, there's going to be some issues. Big time. So that'll, yeah, that'll be very, very uh, concerning to me. Uh, I'm going to give some bulletin board material to Patrick Queen. Um, mentioned him before. I just need him to play a little bit more consistent. And, you know, the flashes in the, the flashes in, in some of his plays that he makes are awesome. Uh, just need a little bit more consistency to wrap up some tackles, uh, limit some yards after the catch. It, it's going to be a, another tough game with Noah Fant out there, and, and some of those responsibilities will go to Patrick Queen. So, you know, I want to see a well-rounded, consistent game out of him. Um, okay, so maybe let's get into our prediction, and I think our crab takes of the week are going to pop out through there. Um, so let's let's go for it. Ravens travel to Denver to take on the Denver Broncos. 425 on Sunday. What are we thinking here, Holly? So I'm thinking it's going to be, a, as much as I hate to say it, because I'd like to see the, the defense kind of settle in, get that rotation going, and, and really have somewhat of a field day against the Broncos. I have a feeling it's going to be another shootout situation. I mean, I think the Ravens are going to win 31-24. Interesting. Okay. So your, your crab take is that the guys from COVID coming back don't really make a difference. Well, not necessarily that they don't make a difference, just that the Broncos are better than we think, number one. Um, and, you know, number two, I just think we're going to be chucking it around a little bit, um, and I just think the Broncos are going to be able to make some plays here and there. Yeah, I think they'll make some plays. I think the Broncos haven't really beat anybody yet. They beat the Giants, they beat the Jags, and the Jets. 
and that might be a little bit fraudulent of a three and O start. Uh, maybe maybe one of the easier three and O's uh, that they've had. So, you know, they might they might be good, and I think this is the week that they themselves will find out how good they are. But you know, I do think the Ravens can go in there and win. Uh, it, it it'll be close. I think that the Broncos defense can play very well. I, I think that the Ravens defense with these guys coming back is going to be a little bit more energized and, and uh, play a little bit better, especially with, you know, some of these criticisms that are coming down. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go a little bit lower scoring. I'll do like, you know, 21, 21, 18, 21, seven, 21, 17 Ravens. Okay. So they cover going into Denver. So, I mean, my crab take of the week, I guess, is just that uh, the Broncos are a little overrated. Maybe maybe a little fraudulent 3-0 and start here. That's my crab take of the week. I think the Ravens kind of set things right uh, as it should be. I like in it. You know, I just think we're gonna, still going to struggle somewhat on the road. Um, just because be it's that early season road struggles, I don't think there's going to be really any rhyme or re- reason to it other than, you know, they're they're just still getting getting the swing of things, get trying to get guys healthy, and and uh, you know it's just going to be a harder game than we want it to be. But get those oxygen tanks win. ready. Get Absolutely. those oxygen tanks ready. They're going to need them for sure. Um, all right. Well, you know what? This ended up being a really short episode. I'm very proud of us. We went a little long uh, on the previous ones, but now that we you know did half of this yesterday, we already were just able to jump in and, and hit our groove. Um, so we both got Ravens wins in week four. That would move the Ravens to three and one. Um, Holly, anything else to add? Anything else to talk about, discuss before we sign off? Yeah, I don't I don't think so for now. You know, it's always going to be, um, you know, as we as we continue to move forward, getting more news on Ronnie Stanley and and more of these players coming off the IR will really continue to boost things. Hopefully that that does continue to happen. Um, you know. It would be such a, a nice lift if uh, Bateman plays on Sunday. I don't think that's necessarily likely since he just came back to practice today but you know getting getting them uh you know some of these injured players back in the fold really will be nice yeah for sure i think bateman is a a week five week six guy in my mind i did have two notes here just to add in um the first one was about calvin johnson megatron getting his halftime um ceremony there for for making it into the hall of fame in detroit so uh that was cool but you know his relationship with the ownership really soured quite a bit and uh apparently the fans were were giving it to uh to the ownership quite a bit during that during that ceremony that's what i understand yeah yeah i just hope that never that never happens with with the Ravens, and it would be such a oh, shame. Like one one of the best players in your franchise's history, and and that's like the lasting relationship there. Not great. Well, to be honest note. with you, Baltimore has had that. Not and not. Well, I'm sure there probably was were players on the Colts end of things. I guess that may have had this, but I mean, you think about the the history of Eddie Murray with the Orioles, no, you know, yeah. and and all that that mess and i believe he and edward bennett williams had a major falling out which is a big big reason why he was traded among other things mm-hmm. and 
you know, it, it just, that kind of thing just sucks. So right. yeah. Well, it, I hope it and, never happens again. No, I hope it never happens again. And, and, you know, and, and honestly, I don't want to see it happen in Detroit again. I mean, it's mm-hmm. awful for those fans. They lost both Calvin Johnson and um, Barry Sanders, two of the most amazing players of all time who basically just said, I'm done with this because this team is ridiculously terrible. Yeah, and what a shame. That's just, that's just a shame. It, it really is. Yeah, yeah, that sucks. And, like, they weren't even that upset when the kick went in. They're just used to that stuff. Yeah, I, I bet and, you most of them were like, this is going to go in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, my other note yeah, here, maybe uh, to end it on a on a amazement or a note of amazement, a happy note. Lamar Jackson, through three weeks of this season, leads the NFL in both yards per completion and yards per carry. That is insane. Ridiculous. That is insane. He's he's just the ridiculous. best. He's yeah, the best. And just story. think about if 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 Hollywood cut some of those passes, if Watkins cut some of those passes, that number would be even higher. So And the thing is, you know that's gonna happen. I mean, yeah, it's not like it that's going to stop at this point. He's going to continue to throw to these guys. And more often than not, they're going to make those catches. So we could be, you know, we could be starting to see this evolution of the Ravens offense to where, you know, what we think they are, you know, here, you know, before week four, by, you know, week 12, this could be a severely different offense. And I just mean with the evolution of this of the passing game. I mean, it really could if Lamar, I mean, Lamar was a great throwing quarterback in college. If he gets into that kind of where he can just start chucking it around along with running all over the field, it's gonna be some they're gonna be some fun Sundays in Baltimore. Fireworks, baby, for sure. All right, Holly, you want to sign us off? Well, everybody, we're going to keep it short and sweet, just like this pod this week. So get fired up on Sunday for the Ravens. Broncos are going down in Mile High City. Let's go, Ravens. Go, Ravens.